0: This is a Dude Studios production, and hey, I'm the Dude. Country Wine and Spirits is the number one online source for wine and spirits, offering over 3,000 products. You won't find a better selection of spirits and wines anywhere else. You can order everything from the most popular brands to some brands out there that you may not know of, but you should definitely try. They also have gift boxes for those special occasions that are coming up. To check out Country Wine and Spirits and go find that perfect spirit for yourself, go to cwspirits.com. And when you check out, use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 and get 5% off your entire order. That's cwspirits.com, coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 for 5% off. First thing I got to do before we get to the interview with Jessica Miller is offer a huge apology to all of you that listen to Hey Bartender podcast and tried to enter the uh, giveaway for the flask cap. I kind of forgot to put the secret word in the show last time. I am so sorry. So definitely in this show about halfway through, we'll, we'll give you that much. I will say the secret word and then all you have to do is go back on TikTok. Look for the one minute promo that I put on TikTok to advertise this episode And comment on that. And then I promise, I promise wholeheartedly on Friday the 10th, I will do a drawing out of a hat. However, many people put the secret word in the promo for this podcast on TikTok, I will draw a random name out of a hat and will announce the winner. I am so sorry about the the last episode, people. I promise it won't happen again. So keep listening to this episode of Hey Bartender Podcast for the secret word. Okay, I got that off my chest. Laura Hope in the Arctones, please help me get started.
1: Hey guys, I am Jessica Miller. I own Dixie Rose in Peoria, Illinois, and you are listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Hey Bartender, pass hey bartender. Hey bartender. me a drink, Have me a drink, Of the world. All, the ways All right, really
0: so, well, yeah, let's get started here. Jessica Miller, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great.
0: How are you? I'm doing just fine. Uh, where you live at? Uh, Peoria, Illinois. Uh, Illinois, cool. Um, I've never been there myself. Uh, how close is Peoria to Chicago? <laughs> you were going to say that before you said <laughs> it. Uh,
1: so, Peoria, we're like right in the middle of the state. We're halfway between Chicago and St. Louis.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Illinois, not big city, Illinois.
0: Oh, okay. So, uh, like suburb or type of.
1: Not no. even a suburb.
0: Oh, okay.
1: has one blinking red light.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I see.
1: I, I'm not sure how many people live in Peoria, but I would say it's a bigger city, but nothing like Chicago or a suburb or anything like
0: that. I know nothing about the areas, and, and when people say Illinois, uh, my mind immediately goes to Chicago, so. <laughs>
1: But everybody does.
0: <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started.
1: Uh, I'm Jess, and I'm 34. I own a country rock cabaret in Peoria, Illinois. I like to throw stuff at people, and <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we'll be talking about that later.
1: <laughs> and uh, I like to have fun. I like I enjoy making people laugh and smile, and people tend to refer to me as a ray of sunshine because I always try to find the positive
0: in everything. Oh, that's so cool. So before uh, we really get into you and your life and stuff like that, I have my usually have my guests who have bartended before present a drink special. So okay. what do you have special for us today?
1: Do uh, you want the recipe?
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay. Uh, so it's equal parts amaretto and peach snap and cranberry, and you shake it and you top it with Red Bull. Um, I named it my wet pussy because it's really easy to sell. To look at a guy and say, "Would you like to try my wet pussy?" Um, and it tastes good. So. <laughs>
0: Boy, I bet that sells really, really quick. Do
1: they? I shot here at the bar. Yeah, um, and now, now the bartend as much now as what I did years years ago. Um, but since Cardi B came out with the WAP song, it just turned into the WAP shot, not just as what. I did. <laughs>
0: Now, do you ever? Uh, for I have to ask this. I know this isn't very uh, woke question, but uh, do you get disappointed looks when all of a sudden a glass shows up right in front of them?
1: What do you mean? When oh, you, yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind it, of. So I did that. I mean, let's be real. The cost on that shot is very low, mm-hmm. um, and and it's the five dollars shot here. So it was kind of me just trying to be good at marketing with having no clue what I was doing. And um, So I had to learn by people's reactions what worked and what didn't. Um, and what it does do is open the door for how, how much for the real thing. Um, <laughs> uh, and for the most part, people can laugh it off. And I'll be like, oh, you can't buy love, but you can rent it at Dixie Rose. Two songs for just $40 from any of the entertainers. And I'll like kind of redirect the customer when that happens to go get a lap dance with one of the dancers.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's definitely good marketing. You definitely got their attention with that. Now for uh the people listening at home, I just wanna mention that you kinda of had a little bit of an embarrassed look when you mentioned the name of that. But we being uh all the bartenders that listen to this show that we all know that majority of the drinks out there are, you know, have some kind of uh sexual name like you, you got the blowjob, muff diver, the sex on my face, the you know, I've said uh, a bunch of them, presented them, so yeah, don't worry about any of that.
1: But I, I put my name in front of it, so it's just wet is what it is.
0: <laughs> so let's get started at the, at the beginning. So whenabouts did you start working in the service industry?
1: So I got my start a lot different than most people. I started my first business when I was 23 doing mobile spray tanning. And one day I randomly spray tanned a dancer at a tanning salon. And I didn't know that a dancer wasn't, I didn't know what kind of dancer she was. Mm. And it decided me had come to a spray can party, and I thought I was going to her house, and I actually showed up to another club in town, and I had no clue. I didn't know the entertainers had stage names. I, When I tell you, I grew up in a very small town, that one blinking red light, and very involved in the church. When she told me the answer, I thought she was like a cheerleader, like a, you know. And So I was in there with her little quiet card, trying to be all professional at a very young and dumb 23-year-old. And they're like, nobody by that name works here. And then finally, a manager just grabbed my arm, rubbed me through the dressing room, and said, Here you go. Here's where you set up. I didn't know fake hair existed. I didn't know fake eyelashes existed. No clue. Mm. Uh, so I was a little bit thrown off and just trying to absorb everything I was seeing. Um, but they were really trying to get me to dance at that club. And I explained to them that I couldn't because I was still involved in the church and I didn't want my family to be mad at me and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And one night they were so busy. The owner came back and he said, Jess, I'm not gonna ask you to dance, but is there any way you can walk around and sell some shops? And I said, Yes, but I cannot wear I'm not gonna wear a tutu. If I can leave my pants on, I'll put on the corset top but and I can do that. And I made eight hundred bucks.
0: You're nice. And I
1: was, huh, well if you ever need somebody to sell shops again, let me know. And so that's how I got into the service industry. Um, I sat there for, I don't know, a handful of years, and then I shot girled other places when people needed help, and that was my start. I never actually bartended until I opened. My opening day at Dixie Rose was, like, my first real bartending show. <laughs> um,
0: well, you got to start somewhere, and you might as well start at the top like you did if you're going to. <laughs> so you basically uh, you own your own spray tan, uh, mold spray tan business, which due to the people that you met while doing that, you actually ended up. They offered you a uh, a job to make a couple bucks to a couple extra bucks a week to mm-hmm. uh, just wander around and serve shots. Now, uh, what is? Uh, I've see, only seen that in one or two restaurants where there's a girl pushing a cart and she's got various liquors in there just for uh, for the sole purpose of making shots. Was
1: just a
0: it one of these trays right here. Oh, but like. Normal circle tray. Uh,
1: the reason I made so much money at it, the way that club did it, is it was a $5 shot that I paid $4 for. Or oh. no, I'm sorry, a $4 shot that I paid $3 for. So most people would give a five or more. So each shot I sold, I was basically making two plus dollars.
0: Oh, so you were buying the liquor off them and then reselling it to the customer?
1: Basically. Yeah. So I would just, I would give the bartender the money for the shots and then I would walk around when my tray was empty. I would go pay for more shots and then i made the minimum wage hourly rate
0: oh okay so that's different than a uh, completely different what i was thinking but yeah you and you were able to uh make a couple extra bucks a week just doing that
1: it got to where that was my main source of income it, if i walked out of there on a thursday through saturday night with less than 800 dollars, i was mad at myself oh wow yeah, but like I said, and I, I don't know that they still have that position, and if it still pays the same. But if you think about it: two, dot there was thirty-six shots on a tray. That's and it was. I I like to talk, and I would bet with people. Like that's really, I think why I did so well in that job is I wasn't there to get drunk like a lot of girls are. I was there to make money. So if somebody was on the fence about buying a shot, I would say, "Hey, I bet you in three jokes or less." That you're going to laugh. If you don't laugh, I will buy you the shot. If you do laugh, you have to buy your whole table a shot. <laughs> and that was, I just go around, and I, I sold a lot of shots.
0: Well, that's that's brilliant marketing, and that's crazy. Now, did you ever run into, like, any kind of safety issues, though? Because you're right in the middle of all those, uh, all those guys uh, and – hormones are just going like crazy, uh, That can be, it, it can be a little dangerous out there, can't it? Uh,
1: a couple times. I will say the club that I did shot girl at, um, the strip club I shot girl at, had they were phenomenal. They had great security. And there was one time that a guy got inappropriate, and he was very nicely escorted out the back door.
0: Very nicely? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen somebody that went out, got out of hand being very nicely escorted, but maybe that's...
1: <laughs> my fingers were crossed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're just being polite about the story. Okay. I get you. <laughs> For how long did you do that?
1: Off and on, cause I took a, I took about a year break because my mom had a brain tumor, um, and I went down to Florida to be with her during that time. I would say in total, less than three years. Oh, okay. Right? It got to where I was seeing things that I didn't like, and I was in my small town bubble, and I kept seeing things and like it was just making me very jaded and so I decided that I was going to no longer be in the strip club industry.
0: Now let's talk about being jaded for a second because a couple bartenders that I've talked to on this show we've all talked about that when it comes to being a working in the service industry alone we all can become a little jaded after a while it's just like we've seen it those two people are uh, having too much fun on top of the pool table okay just you know spray water on them, whatever, get them out of here, and then it's done. You know, we don't think about it. What are your thoughts on that? Do you do you really think that being in that type of atmosphere can get you jaded on a lot of stuff? Yes.
1: Yeah. And this isn't really fun, but my final straw was there was an entertainer, and she looked like a child. I Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, everything was appropriately sized. She just looked like a nine-year-old boy. And the men that chased her so I actually I had a friend that was an officer and I was like this is bothering me and I know like I'm supposed to mind my own business but this bothers me and he and my officer friend he goes Jeff has really fucked up he goes but I'm thankful for people like her because then those people that want that go see her instead of actually going to a child and that's when I just stepped back and I was like this is too much I don't want to see this
0: shit every day anymore. Yeah, I think that would bother me too. Uh, In fact, I I think I do remember me and my buddies uh, going around. I used to be from, uh, I live in Texas now, but I used to be from Portland, Oregon, and they used to brag about having the most strip clubs per capita than any other state in the United States. And we do our circulation around town, you know, stick around for one rotation of dancers, move on to the next club. But then, all of a sudden one day we're sitting at the uh sitting at the rack, and this one girl comes up and we're just like, uh, no, um finish your drinks we we're, we're out uh yeah. just because she looked way too young, and we had troubles with um, my friends and I had real troubles with that, and uh I think that was the last time we actually did that run where we went from club to club,
1: <laughs> and then it wasn't even. It was, And that was a lot of money to walk away from.
0: I'm sure it was difficult, yeah.
1: And I didn't just walk away from the shop aspect. last I quit spray painting at all the clubs I was going to, and I was going to multiple clubs. I was just like, I cannot do this industry. And uh, it was a hard decision to make, but I made it, and it was less than a month later, and I got a phone call to manage a Country Rock strip club like, and open it as the manager And I said, no, 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 so many times. And finally, the guy, he's like, here's the deal. I know you're very fluid in country music. I know you know pretty much every dancer around from going to all these clubs. He said, you are the person for this job. And it came to, I would have been an absolute idiot to not accept it because the money was so high and the hours were so low that I would still be able to do spray tanning you know, I would still be able to maintain my business. So I accepted the job.
0: And uh, that's how you uh, became manager at
1: uh, at your own club then? Well, it wasn't my club to start. But, oh. yes, I started as a manager. It, it's been, ever since it has been Dixie Rose, I have been here. and But it was an 18 and up club with a $10 cover and $5 cans of soda. And so it just didn't work. And, you know, realistically, I don't want to go hang out with a bunch of 18-year-olds 18-year-olds don't tip the same way 50-year-olds tip. Yes. Um, and But I had invested enough emotion, <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears into it that when he told me that we were closing, I said, if we just get alcohol, this place will thrive." but it has to have alcohol. He said he didn't want to do it. He had enough bars. He goes, you know what? If you believe in it that much, just buy it.
0: And Really? He just sold it to you, yes. right? Just like that.
1: So I bought the business. He still owns the building. I rent the building. But yeah, and I've been the owner since February of 17.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And you've been uh, you've been maintaining. Do you still do the spray tanning thing? Because I, I looked at your Instagram po- profile, and you still have that up.
1: Yeah, um, I do a little bit. I don't taste it like I used to. Uh, the technology with self-tanning is you can buy high-quality stuff at the store now. You don't need me to come to your house. And then after the whole pandemic bullshit. I'm not really interested in going to go into people's homes so if somebody contacts me for a spray cam, I will do it during closed hours in a dressing room 50
0: Oh, okay.
1: It's not so people don't respect other people's time like they used to. Mm. You know, $5 a gallon here and I used to charge $40 and would drive up to 30 miles with no extra fee. And then I would get to someone's house and, oh, I forgot it was today, I need to cancel.
0: Oh yeah, that yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: that's kind of why I let that go. Is oh. the the time that I would spend explaining how a spray can works, how to prep for it, getting directions to the house, and then showing up. It was like this is worth my time is worth more than the forty dollars I've done it.
0: Yeah, uh, I totally understand where you're coming from. I in another lifetime, I I used to work for a uh, contracting company that installed home entertainment stuff in people's houses and mm-hmm. I'd get these work orders and I got paid by the job. I wasn't paid hourly. And right. so if I showed up at the person's house and they said, or they weren't there or they said, we've got company, we can't do this today or something like that. Then there was that small temptation in my body where I go, uh, cause I paid for my own gas too. And yeah. I, I looked at, I wanted to blurt out Okay. Then you owe me something because I, I just drove thirty miles to get to your oh. house, and I, my next job doesn't pay crap. So
1: right. <laughs> you're gonna grab them and shake them, and I just found that, that the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. And like, I still have the equipment, so it'd be silly for me to not do them. But I realistically, I do less than ten free cans a month now, where I was doing ten a day.
0: Ah, okay. But uh, uh, so you uh, you moved on from that. And then in two uh, well, then all of a sudden, you you started managing, the, uh, managing this place. Uh, was it called Dixie Rose back then when you managed it?
1: Yes, it's always been Dixie Rose.
0: Okay, so uh, when you moved from that to being, uh, from being a shot girl, owning your own business uh, as a spray tanner, and then being a manager, what was that transition like?
1: Tricky but also easy. So, because I own my own business, I knew how to look at my job in the way of, I looked at my job as the manager, as the owner. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of the time, like, we saw each other once a week, and it was when I would give him the deposit. Like, here you go, and there was multiple weeks where he would have to give me money to put back into the business to buy sodas and stuff, because we just weren't making it. The part that I struggled with the most was not being friends with the people who work here
0: yeah being a manager you don't get to really uh converse with the customers that much anymore do
1: you um well i only bartend on wednesday days and like every other saturday as a fill-in now um i am here a lot and i kind of bounce around and talk to people i never had enough girls when I was 18 and I. Hmm. i never had so i found myself like we have i've just made up funny games that the girls could play and like be more interactive with the customers and stuff. Um, I was back to that whole betting thing. I would bet people I could shoot a beer bottle into a garbage can from standing on top of the ATM. <laughs> and I just make it fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Being a manager, I mean, um, it starts off a little bit different. Uh, but my, ex- manage- my personal management experience became as being a bartender because usually the uh, restaurant owner or manager had one foot out the door as soon as, Uh, as soon as I walked in and I, even though I didn't have the title of manager, when I worked there, I said, this is my bar. I would announce that practically, you know, I'm working behind the bar. This is my bar. And some people wanted to fight me over it just because they needed to fight me over something. You know, I could have told them the sky is blue. They want to fight me.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) My biggest hurdle was, so I turned this job down multiple times. And because I was like, I'm getting jaded. I don't I don't want to see this stuff every day. And um, my old boss, what he said to me, he goes, Jessica, if you're the manager, you can run it however you want. And um, so from there, I was like, okay, we come in I'm like, remove all the doors, do this, do that. And doing that, there was no structure for me to follow. There was no, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. It was here's the name of the place. It's $10 cover, $5 sodas, make it work. Mm. So it was kind of a little chaotic at times.
0: So you, he basically sold you the business or gave you the business and just said, do what you want As with it?
1: He said, make it work. You're the manager. And it, I, I tried, but I couldn't. But I told him, if you get alcohol, it will work. And he wasn't interested in that. So then he sold me the actual business.
0: Oh, okay. I get you. So it was a juice bar previous to your, uh, your ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can call me, sir. Sorry. No, it's okay. Based on your own experience, based on your own ideas, you, uh, you just decided one day if you want to bring in a better clientele, like, is that what you were going for?
1: More money. Yeah. I mean, because the way it it's such a teamwork makes the dream work here. You know, people come to a place that's called a strip club or a kitty bar or whatever. They have an expectation to see half <laughs> girls. To have half girls working here, they expect to make money. Yeah. So it was just, I either had the girls and not the customers or the customers and not the girls. And then, you know, people would go out. And it wasn't even, BYOB wasn't even allowed. So people would, I At one point, I got on Amazon and I ordered a case of flats, and I was like, "Hey, you get a free flask with <laughs> tape covered to try and get people to come in." And it just looking back, I wouldn't want to go to a place like that. Like it might be fun to go in, and have you know, like you said, see the rotation of the girls, but just spend a bunch of time there. Well, the,
0: the- yeah, when I, uh, back before I turned twenty-one, I lived. Uh, I lived in Washington, and there were. Uh, the uh, exa- exotic dancing clubs, they were only juice bars. They, there were no alcohol served in any of those places. And so when you turn 18 and you realize you can go into one of those places,
1: it's exciting as hell. How much money did you have when you were 18? Very little. <laughs> and then you $10 cover. Mm. So, in, at 18 years old, and this is nothing against 18-year-olds, they just don't know. They don't know that when they sit at the tip rail that they need to tip that dancer. Mm-hmm. They think that dollars and now everything's free unless they want to buy a five dollar soda and you know trying to explain that to people in a nice way that makes them want to come back and then you know you got guys in here throwing three hundred dollars like they think it's a lot of money because it was their whole paycheck it it was just a big just i just wanted to beat my head off the brick wall all the time sure
0: <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you hit it pretty much on, uh, on the head that I didn't think of it when I was 18, 19 years old and excited, you know, Oh, finally I get to go into one of these places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, boobs, but, uh, um, but yeah, I had very little money, uh, usually and, but I was actually smart enough not to sit at the rack. I, I sat in the back and, uh, if I did show up with money, uh, one dancer could, uh, you know, spend the next twenty minutes with me, and all of a sudden, the hundred dollars I walked in with is gone. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, That means you did a good job, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but you know, always respectful. You know, don't get me wrong. Majority of my uh, demographic on uh, for this show, sixty-five percent of it is female. So I'm I'm trying my best to
1: <laughs> <laughs> stay respectful I, I, in the industry in general, but especially when you come to the adult entertainment side of this industry. You just can't take things personal. Like, I know, like, even as a bartender, because now that I've been here long enough, I can bartend other places. And I always tell people, bartending in Dixie Rose is not really bartending. It's beer tending. Like, Mm. this is a tall boy bush-like type of bar. But I think something that in bartenders and surfers and adult entertainers, everything that we all see, I think, that we have in common, is we know how to take shit, but we all have a limit. And then we've also, my dad has told me this my entire life. He said, he goes, darling, you are the most politely rude person I have ever met. <laughs>
0: <laughs> politely rude.
1: Right off. And they won't realize it till 15 minutes later when they're already gone.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, I've had friends tell me that after you said that, they were laughing at first, and then uh, 10 minutes later, they're like,
1: Hey <laughs> yeah. I think we all kind of do that and just dealing with the general public and you know smiling and laugh, learning to laugh when somebody orders a Tito's and vodka instead of like just flopping their face off the <laughs> box, you know
0: yeah, I've heard that recently people ask for a Tito's and vodka and you just stare at them yeah <laughs> Now, were you nervous at first when all of a sudden uh, your former boss just said, "Here's the bar, do what you want with it."
1: I was terrified and um, absolutely terrified because everybody's looking to me for answers. And, you know, they have courses where you can learn like bartending flair and all of that. And I had a little bit of an idea on how people were from when I was a shot girl. I was not prepared in any type of way for the people that were going to come to me with, well, this happened, what do I do? Or, Random people trying to come in here and sell clothes to the girls. Like I, I, I there's no class for them. Uh, so I just had to learn as I went. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and bullshit you. I, I messed up along the way. I had, I chose the wrong route multiple times and was like, okay. So for future, that's not how we're gonna handle that. <laughs> right. But yeah, there is was that. Uh, I think learning how to keep a straight face when you want to have a what the fuck face.
0: That's. Interesting way to put it, yeah, uh, to not show uh, the emotion that you really want uh, that you really want to show.
1: Realistically, we all want to show rage. Right. But we can't. So, like, when I first opened as owner, I had, uh, I was promoting all over social media, doing everything I could so that I could get the answers. And I had, like, open auditions one day, but the ones that did contact me, I set an appointment for And there was this girl that had I will say a body that is not necessarily desired by most of the population. And she came out wearing the most stained and unflattering outfit. And we do three song sets here on stage. So that's what I had the girls audition to. One see they have the stamina, see whether you know, I do three different types of songs whatever, if you're a dancer, if you're, if you want to think about being a, a dancer and pour some sugar on me, doesn't light something in your soul to like ignite that inner in you, then, then you're probably just, this job isn't for you, especially at this bar. So that's a very short song. I believe right around three minutes and 30 seconds. And she's not even halfway through it. And she sits down, crisscross applesauce on the stage. mm and was like, okay, have you seen enough? And I was like, no, like you need to do three songs, you know. And I was being polite, and I'm not I won't turn anybody away because at the end of the day, there's an ask for every seat, right? Like some guys like this, some guys like that. That's everybody's got a flavor. And then all of a sudden I look over and she's got her arm hooked around the pole, and she's walking around the pole eating a Snickers and with a bag of Funyuns right here. She's eating a Snickers and Funyuns. And I was like. I had to wipe my eyes. I'm like, is this, is this bitch for real? And then, like, on top of that, they were late. It was, so. Then, like, that was one of those rage moments. And then another time where I wanted to have the what the fuck face, a girl came in, and her boyfriend had stabbed her in the face. Like, and the knife went, like, instead of going, like, in, it went, like, down. And you could see, like, the outline of where the blade went in. And I, there was a swingers party in here, and so I mean this place was balls to the wall at seven o'clock. We never get busy until ten. And she's in the back, like, "Well, I just need a band aid. I just need a band aid." Did you need nine one one? To me, so I was like, I, morally, I couldn't tell her that she had to leave because she would have to go back to that situation. Uh, but then also, I couldn't let her be on the floor because she was oozing blood. So. And she told me if I called nine hundred and eleven, she was gonna run from the run from them because she didn't
0: want the guy to go to jail. But things like that are kind of the what the fuck. Yeah, uh, that's the first one. Uh, yeah, I just all of a sudden, if I were sitting in uh, sitting in a club and all of a sudden she pulls out a Snickers and fun, a bag of Funyuns, I would be like, "What's going on here?" I'm not into that sort of thing, but that's just me. So, you know, to each their own.
1: And I love every shade of skin. I I love it. And it, I am white, and she was white. Mm. She said that I didn't hire her because I'm racist.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And I was just like, I just looked at her, and uh, she goes, "Well, you're gonna give me a ride." And I like, I had to get to City Hall because I was just getting ready to open. This is days before my grand opening. And I was like, I'm not going to give you a ride. And she goes, and she tried to bully me for a ride. And I said, you are no longer allowed on this property. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. I don't have words for what that was.
0: (laughs) But that second story you told us now, uh, when I was a bartender, I was very protective of my waitresses or my coworkers. And, and if I would have seen one of them come in with a black eye or a Cut to the face or something like that. Uh I don't it, that it, that would have freaked me out. And that because that's not something I can accidentally become jaded over. I mean, it's just, oh, you got to cut in the face. All right, you know, let's go sit down.
1: So Dixie Rose is a very small place, and we're very we're very much like a. It's so small. It's like a family atmosphere here, like with the staff, and so all the other entertainers were concerned. So I just had to kind of go into. The mode of, I need, I have, I own a business. This girl is in me and she needs my attention, but then I also have a business that needs my attention. So I told all of the girls, I was like, here's the deal. This is not your problem. This is her problem. I'm going to come up with a solution. I need you guys to all go out and smile on the floor and act like nothing is going on back here. So I got all the girls out here. I got clothes on the girl that had been knifed into her face. Um, what I ended up doing is, finding her some clothes to wear, and we, I, I got her a place to stay for the night and did all these different things, um, but he wanted people to see, I think, what had just happened to her, so I told her, I said, I don't want you to go home, I won't call the cops, I won't call 911, but if you, you have a safe place here, but you have to stay in the dressing, mm. and she ended up coming out on the floor. And, again, it's a swinger's party. So everybody's here for one thing, and then they see this girl leaving from her face, and she's telling everybody what happened. And I finally, I was like, you're either going to stay in the dressing room, or you have to get off the property." Like, I, 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 there is a shelter you can stay at. I found you a place to stay. I found you a vehicle that you can drive. I have done everything that I possibly can do. But you're trying to protect the person that just tried to kill you, so there's not... You just can't be on the floor. Like, yeah. you know, enough people already know that this happened. Um, so she ended up leading um, – and it things like that are what's hard. She was a beautiful girl and an incredible dancer, um, but she just kept making, making terrible life choices. Mm. And, it, you know, you see the potential in people – And then they just, like, they are their own worst enemy. And you just, like I said, you just want to grab them and shake them. But then at the end of
0: the day, it's their life, not yours. Yeah. When people get into situations like that, sometimes they, you know, they're not able to get out and there's nothing. I've uh, worked with uh, people before where I'm like, can't you see what's going on in front of you? And they're, oh, they were just having a bad day. And No, you're having a bad day. You can barely walk. Right. And... Uh, you know, like I said, I was very protective. But uh, in this case, uh, are, you know, well, your dancers are more of the talent than they are. Or do you think of them as employees?
1: Um, I think of them as independent contractors. And I tell them all that when I hire them. I say, you okay. are a businesswoman. The amount of money you make is up to you. How you want people to perceive you is up to you. But at the same day, I have a code that I go by here, like, I don't know if I would take code, but I have rules that I go by here. And if they want to follow them and make money, great. If they don't, then they can go work at another spot.
0: Right. But it's, it kind of makes your stomach a little upset when you see somebody getting that abused and they're not it getting help.
1: Hey, look, like I still wonder about that girl. And I did, but I did everything I could. I, I even had, a little Nissan keys. I called it my grocery getter or my nerd car. Um, And I let her drive that so that she had ways to get back and forth to work. And it ended up with a broken windshield because he tried to put her face through it. And I was like, so I told her, I said, you're choosing to go back to this person continuously. And it wasn't even like they had been together for a long time. It was just, I think they had been together like nine months or something she kept going back. And, I, I, you know, there's bigger problems there that are for her to handle. But I do still wonder about her. And, you know, we're still, I follow her on Instagram and stuff. She's still alive and looks like she's doing okay. But you never know what's going on in somebody else's head. And the, I think the struggle is a lot of women in this industry are in abusive relationships and, getting involved in somebody else's abusive relationship a lot of times does more harm to them than good.
0: Yeah, I can agree with you there. Yeah.
1: You can say, hey, I'm here for you when you need it, but trying to force them or anything like that, it doesn't accomplish anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of my waitresses, uh, she talked about how, her, well, she just found out she was pregnant, and then uh, her Boyfriend at the time had a good night on the video poker machines and said, hey, here's two, three hundred dollars. Go start buying baby clothes. Go start getting the stuff we need. And then two days later, he came came back up to her and says, yeah, I need that money back because he had a bad night on the video poker machines. And I took her aside because I'd known her for a while. I took her aside and I said, if he's like this now, what's he going to be like when the baby's born? And yeah. then all of a sudden, I stopped myself and I said, "Whoa, holy shit! I sound like my dad." You know what? Forget I said <laughs> that. And yeah. she actually was very appreciative that I brought something up like that because she, in her words, she told me nobody else was. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm your friend. You and I have been friends for you know, because uh, years before we worked at McDonald's together, and then years later we ran into each other. I got her job at the bar I was working at, but. Um. But, uh, yeah, it, when I saw it was, you know, big, bright, flashing lights saying trouble, I wanted, you know, all, all of a sudden I was like, nope, I'm taking you out of this situation, but that would have caused more trouble because uh, I don't know what kind of guy he was, but it, it could have been problem.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Plus, I never was never sure if he trusted me because he was one of those guys that sat at the bar the entire time during her shift and watched how she interacted with everybody. That. Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of person. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Anybody listening, don't be that guy.
0: <laughs> Since we were talking about doing shots, let's talk about a liqueur that is awesome to do as a shot. I'm talking about soda jerk, root beer, and orange cream liqueur. Both of them have that classic taste that you remember as a kid. The root beer flavor has a nice creamy finish. And the orange flavor takes you right back to having an orange sickle when you were a kid. You can find both of those bottles, Soda Jerk Root Beer and Soda Jerk Orange Cream on CWSpirits.com. Just remember to use promo code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout and you get 5% off your entire order. That's Soda Jerk Root Beer Shot and Soda Jerk Orange Cream Shot available on CWSpirits.com. Use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 for 5% off.
1: Hey, Bartender.
0: Okay, I made a huge mistake last time, but I remembered this time. We're going to do it right. For the winner of the Cap 22-ounce tumbler and the Matic 6, go to TikTok, find the video on Hey, Bartender podcast of the clip from this show, Interview with Jessica Miller, and comment down below Romulan Ale. Everyone who comments Romulan Ale at the bottom of that posting will be put into a hat and drawn randomly on June 10th to win your very own Flaskap 22-ounce tumbler and the Matic 6. Just remember, go to TikTok, look up Hey Bartender Podcast, find the clip for this show, interview with Jessica Miller, and comment Romulan Ale, and you will be entered in the contest. Okay, let's get back to the show with Jessica Miller. So let, uh, let's let talk about security for a little bit. Okay. What do you guys do for security around there? I mean, other than the usual bouncers at the front door.
1: I would say, so we have the usual bouncers at the front door. Um, I'm about five three and about 20 to 30, depending on the day, and I've picked more people out of here than I think anybody else has. They've also been here longer. Um, for the most part, if somebody's being an asshole, we're just like, uh, hey, can I talk to you outside real quick? And once they're outside, we'll handle it. But we're such a—it's this is just such—it's like tears, but with pity uh-huh. what people. Do. So that's a new Netflix so many, series,
0: I think. Well, I think I'm going to submit yeah. that.
1: That <laughs> so could definitely make a show for sure. I think anybody in this industry thinks that we could make a—they can make a show about their job. <laughs> so if somebody comes in and is being a dickhead, I—I trained I all of my staff to we don't deal with that here. This place is good vibes. People come here to let loose and let go of their day. So if somebody's in here being a dick and has a bad attitude, we just have to tell them they can take it somewhere else. Like, I have, to have enough here in the industry that I can tell when somebody's out looking for trouble. Um, and I try and share that with my staff. of like, okay, you see how this guy made this little comment or that or whatever. Let's keep an eye on him. And then he does the smallest thing. It's like, hey, bud. Night's not the night. You can try to come back tomorrow. You're not far. You just can't. now. Mm. And if they'll apologize and be on the best behavior for the rest of the night, mm. they'll get mad and leave. Or, option three, they try to fight. But my main door guy Seth, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? My door guy is six, four and weighs three forty.
0: Okay, twice so my people size. Don't,
1: <laughs> people don't usually question them when they say <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've I've been in clubs before where that one night where somebody stepped on my foot and they wanted to start a fight with me. But you know it's just one of those situations, like you said, they were out looking for a fight in one way or another. But luckily, that club, the bouncers were cool enough to realize he was sitting down, uh, and the other guy started you know rearing up on him. But you know, you know it's like wait, and the guy was like, "Hey, what the hell, man?" And I'm like, "You stepped on my foot." <laughs> that- But
1: I actually got sued right after I first opened. Um, So I hadn't had liquor for very long and I was open seven days a week, but I didn't have any dancers on a Sunday. And I called my bartender and I said, even though we don't have dancers, you need to open the club like we do get the chairs down off the stage. Um, Like it needs to look open. And he said that he was going to, but he didn't. And, the, the week before, this group of guys that lived like an hour away had stopped in, and they were mad because it was a Sunday again. I didn't have girls. And um, he said, I gave him my phone number, and he said, well, just call me next time before you come in, and I'll let you know if there's girls, girls before you make the trip. And he called me, and I was like, called my bartender. I said, hey, these guys are on the way. I get down here, and it's nothing but just roided out juice heads sitting at the bar. Uh And it's one little twerp. He was a little twerp. He was smaller than me. Um, But I told my bartender to not serve him because I could tell they were already drunk. Um, And in Illinois, it's stupid how things work. Anyway, so this little, the short guy gets in my face and he tells me that my bar is going to fail because it's a strip club and the chairs were still up on the stage and I didn't have any clue how to run a business. And I mean, he was like getting aggressive. And he was drunk, so he was sitting when he was talking. And I wiped my face, like, aggressively, like, right under my eye. And I looked at him when I did it. He goes, oh, you don't like it when I sit, when I talk. And he did it again. And he hacked a loogie in my
0: face. Oh, God.
1: And I was like, I don't believe in violence. And I believe if you're a woman and you hit a man, you better stand there and expect to get back. Hit back. Like, I don't think... I don't believe in men hitting women, but I also don't believe in women hitting men. I I just don't. Mm. So I stood there, and I like, I took like three deep breaths, and I was like, don't punch your customers, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) And he had, we had a nine ounce cup at the time, and his drink was a Captain and Coke. And I snapped that Captain and Coke out of his hand. I said, no outside, no drinks outside. And he like came at me. So I went and I got in my seat, and I was like, okay calmed out. Like, emotions are high. Logic is low. And I decided that I was going to leave. So, I did. And I drove... I got, like, one block away, and then I got... I was like, you dumb bitch. That is your bar. You don't let anybody make you leave there. Yeah. So, I turned... Yeah. And, uh, I called my bartender. I said, get him off the property. Like, whatever. So, they were kicked out of here by midnight. They then... And they were obviously looking for a fight. I mean, there is no doubt about it. They were looking to get in a fight that night. And six hours later, he got hit, like, punched at another strip club and cracked open the front of his skull and the back of
0: And probably deserved at that,
1: it. He did, but he was also in, uh, they didn't know if he was going to make it. Uh, and he was in ICU for over a month. Um, and I think he got, it was just under $10,000. Out of me because he was served a drink that had one ounce of alcohol, and I I still I knocked it out of his hand, but my bartender told him.
0: Uh, his lawyer sued you, even though you weren't—he wasn't at your bar anymore.
1: So in Illinois, anywhere that you drink, if something happens, the bar is liable.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I came here and I did a shot of fireball, and I, I just made my way down the road, and I did a drink at each bar, and something happened on the way home i hurt somebody
0: i get hurt then the bars are liable oh wow that that's that's a dangerous way of looking at it cuz you know like you said you serve the guy one drink but he gets hurt in another bar or city
1: yeah over 5 hours
0: later yeah that there's that's scary the, the just too much can happen in between your bar and somewhere else
1: It is scary. that's why we have insurance
0: right right exactly now, security after hours, though, uh, that's what I was. Uh, another thing that oh. I wanted to bring up: when okay. you're leaving the bar, or when your dancers are leaving the bar, or your staff, do you take special secure, security precautions? You do the buddy rule or anything like that?
1: Um, no female has to ever walk out of here alone. Mm. Is my rule, and um, when all the dancers know that, and they also because I I tell them every time I interview a girl, I say I don't care. If your baby daddy's new girlfriend that also killed your dog and did all of this comes in here, you are to always be walked out. And I really pound that into their head. I personally have my concealed carry, so I, I'm i comfortable walking out by myself. And um, I will walk the answers out, but it's either myself or another person on staff. A customer is not allowed to walk them out. I don't care if it's a customer that's been here for five years,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: are to be walked out.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've always, that was something that I've always wondered about you know, when it comes to safety and security in those type of situations. Now, back to you getting this bar. Now, you're, um, to recap, you said that the former owner just said, here you go, do what you want with it. So what stuff did you have to go through? Because I'm assuming you said it was a juice bar previous to your ownership. Did you, did you shut down for a couple of weeks or did you slowly bring things in?
1: Um, no, no. So what happened is I thought we were going to close because I was like, no money, no money, no money. And I was like, I see the writing on the wall and, um, that's when he offered me to buy it and I bought it without a liquor license. Mm. So I, and I bought the corporation, like the entire thing thinking that it, it had already had alcohol here. Before the Sixty Rose, it was another club, um, but the city gave me a pretty hard time and denied me multiple times for the liquor license. So, and it cost money every time to reapply, and I end up getting and everything was fine. But again, I had never barred it. so I didn't know what I needed to have. Right, because when I was a shop girl, they would tell me the names of the shops, and that's what I had to sell. It was never this has crown or this has, this is that. Like it was, this is a mixed shop called. Call it a wet pussy, call it this, call it that. Um, so, my previous boss, he owns multiple bars in town, so he helped me with that first liquor order. Um, and to start out, I had domestic bottles, and then I had Fireball, Jackson, Jameson, Peach, Schnapps, and like two other things. Like, mm-hmm. it was, so I opened with a little bit, not a lot, and then I learned by the people coming in. So somebody came in and asked for Goldschlager and I was like, okay, yeah, I can get that. So I bring in a couple bottles and if it moved, I would stock it and same with Jaeger, and, you know, just basic stuff that every bar should have, but I was clueless. So
0: to get started like that with really no knowledge for uh, what's what's common, at least behind the bar that, that had been a huge learning
1: experience. It was, it was absolutely. And I was, You know, trying to educate myself with the internet, YouTube, Google, anything that I possibly could, but at the end of the day, YouTube and Google don't know who's coming into my bar. Right. And, you know, one day a guy made a comment. He goes, why don't you have cans? Like, there's bottle drinkers and there's can drinkers. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I can bring cans in. And now, like, people love it. And we go through more tall boys than we do bottles, but I just had no clue. Well, that's so. the easiest
0: way to stock your bar, uh, <laughs> is just pay attention to what the customers are asking for. You, uh, you can, they can ask you, uh, can I get a shot of Jägermeister? And you can honestly say, I don't have that today, but the next time you come back, I'll have it.
1: Yep, yeah, And that's exactly what I did. And I'd be like, so let's say you came in to order a shot of Jaeger and I didn't have it. I'd be like, I don't have that, but I'll pour you the best fireball you've ever had. And I would just. <laughs> You know, try and be bubbly and optimistic, and still make sure that they had at least fun with their drink, if it wasn't
0: the drink they wanted. Hmm. I had a manager one time. I we kept telling her we got this customer that spends a lot of money when he's in here, but he wants rumplements, and she, she was like, uh, "This monarch peppermint schnapps is good enough," and we're like, "No, no." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "We said he wants rumplements," and. It took us a lot of convincing for her to bring that in, and sure enough, as soon as uh, she uh, she brought that in, the guy started spending more time at the bar, bringing his friends and stuff like that. And yeah, Listen. yeah I, and that was pretty incredible. But it was her opinion. I mean, she actually thought selling gentleman gentleman Jack instead of selling regular Jack Daniels was a better idea. And what? Yeah, I don't I don't really have the explanation behind that, but one. Yeah, one day she was like, "We we went over to her and said the customers are asking for real Jack Daniels, not Gentleman Jack." And she goes, "Well, Gentleman Jack is better," and I said, not to the customer. Rusty. and you
1: get drink Jack and Coke and Jack and Coke only. You put Gentleman Jack in there; they're gonna, it's not gonna taste right,
0: right. And so, but it's like uh, like you've been going through since twenty seventeen, and uh, it's a big learning experience, you know, and yeah. it's easy. For you, I'm sure it's easy for you to uh, accommodate if you, all of a sudden you see, you know, somebody asking for tall boys or something like that, and you're yeah. like, I guess we could bring them in and see how they do. If it flops, don't bring them in anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, uh, so, like, Guinness does not move here. And I always bring in one flat of it for St. Patrick's Day to do Irish carbon, but this is the third year in a row that I'm just, stuff with Guinness and I'm, I can't even get this stuff away. People are were like, no thanks.
0: Yeah. People want their loggers or something.
1: <laughs> it, it is so crazy to me. Like we had, there was one month at Heineken. I could not keep it on the shelf. And then that, we get a lot of guys that travel for work that come in here and they'll be here for a month or two and then they go to the next job and I'll bring in whatever they want. But then it's like, Oh, Hey, now I'm stuck with, you know, whatever left. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then all of a sudden, does that become drink special for the next week or something just to get them out of your cooler?
1: No, I'm more, I'm friends with a lot of other people that own bars. So I'll be like, hey, if that moves there, I'll trade you this for that or whatever. And,
0: oh, cool idea. Because we,
1: our drinks are so cheap here, especially for being a strip club. So it's like $3 domestic bottle, $4 tall boys, $3 fireball, like real cheap drinks. So for me to do a drink special, people tend to expect more.
0: How do you feel about the whole management experience? It's been, well, not 2,000, it's been five years uh, compared to your first day as a manager, or, I mean, as an owner, I let me preface that, your first day as an owner to today. Uh, how's how you, how's your confidence? How's your, you know, how do you feel? Uh,
1: my confidence is a lot better. <laughs> uh, a lot better. I feel proud. Very I would proud. say, yeah. Now I've been in here now, and I look around, and the place looks a lot different. Um, the atmosphere has still remained the same with, like, the way people feel when they come here. I know I can't save everyone, but I can also tell you that there's been multiple, multiple girls that have come to my door that are now married, happily married with a family, working a normal job, and I always tell people that, this job, especially if you're on stage, is a stepping stone in your life. It's never meant to be a career. And I really like looking back at this one that have treated it as such and have gone on to be more. So I, I think proud, if I were to put it in one
0: way. That's cool. I, I like that. So anyway, we're coming up on last call. So uh, thank you so much. It was really exciting for me to talk to somebody who came up from manager to owning a, a, a honestly, a f- female run strip strip club, exotic bar, a dance bar, whatever, whatever you want to call it. What do you call yours? What, what would you,
1: I think kitty bar that is strip club, because you can come in here. We have a lot of blue collar guys that just come in right from work and they want to hang out at the bar and have a drink. And um, people come in here to drink and to see dancers. Um, but you can get both. So like, this is, a great beginner club for dancers, or customers, for anybody that's never been to a strip club. Dixie Rose is like the get your toes wet
0: in the water. Sure. So a female room club like this uh, is not something that I've heard of, uh, uh, really. So I, you know, great admiration to you that you uh, took it on yourself and uh, are running it, and you, you look like you're having a great time. Uh, after following you on TikTok, Instagram, and all that. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, so, I sure try.
0: Uh, so congratulations on your success. Thank um, you. So uh, why don't you take a second and tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to follow you, your club, uh, on the internet or on social media.
1: Sure. Uh, my personals are JSKA0587. That's on all platforms. On TikTok, I have a second account. that is a. Zero five eight seven because my initial one got banned from live. Uh, if you want to follow the club, it is Dixie Rose Peoria on Facebook and Instagram. And I kind of use my TikTok to promote the club. I don't have one specific for that. So it's Dixie Rose Peoria, dot Facebook.com slash Dixie Instagram thing.
0: And you're on TikTok live quite a bit. Uh,
1: I've... I, do. I do it at least three times a week.
0: And you're doing it while inside the club while it's operating, which is uh, you know w- within TikTok guidelines, of course. But yes. uh, but that's actually very cool that you're uh, conversing with people on social media uh, as your bar as your bar is running. So uh,
1: Thank you, I feel like a lot of people are close minded about this industry, um, and I'm just open to questions. Like it's just like obviously there's the weird internet creeps that come on there, um, but for the most part, you know say a girl wants to work here. What's your house fee? What is this? What is that? What do you do in this situation or that situation? And I like being able to answer those questions in real time, and make people feel comfortable and make them feel welcome in Dixie Rose because they want to come in and check it out. And really going TikTok Live, I I think we're at 27 people now that have come in because they saw me online. Oh. And I, it, it's huge. Like that's 27 new people And it's a really small space. I mean, I've got four tables over here, and I've got five tables over there. Like, this is not a big place. So 27 people really matters.
0: Yeah, I bet. Well, uh, once again, congratulations on all your success, and thank you so much for being on Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime.
1: Well, thanks for having
0: me. All right, people. It is last call, last call for alcohol. Big thanks to Jessica Miller for taking some time out to be on the show. You know, uh, interesting fact about this show, she was setting up her bar as she was doing this interview with me. Talk about a multitasker. Also, i got to give a big thanks to Laura Hope and the Arctones, as usual. Go check out their music, people. Go on Spotify, iTunes, wherever, and listen to their music. They've got a lot of great stuff out there. And if you happen to live near an area where they happen to be playing live, Go see him and tell them Hey Bartender Podcast sent you. I, you're not going to get anything special out of it. Just please tell them that Hey Bartender Podcast sent you. Remember to swing by www.heybartenderpodcast.com. You can pick up your own Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt. i got a couple styles there and a few other things that you might find fun. Also, if you have a celebration coming up or you're just looking for a unique spirit that you've never tried to, before head on over to www.cwspirits.com. That's Country Wine and Spirits. Just remember to use promo code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout and get 5% off your entire order. And also get free shipping, any orders over $125. Just remember to go to cwspirits.com, use promo code HEYBARTENDER5. Remember to share, like, follow, subscribe to Hey Bartender podcast. new episodes, every Saturday at 7 p.m. And remember, if you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is drop me a message. You can either email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can head on over to social media, all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All of them are at Hey Bartender Podcast. Remember, on TikTok, at Hey Bartender Podcast is where you can uh, comment Romulan Ale and have a potential to win the Flask Cap 22 ounce tumbler and the matic six i've been doing a lot of videos on tiktok lately of uh things i wish i said to customers and uh also doing some pouring videos too that's it's kind of a new venture for me so i hope you guys enjoy them but until next time ladies and gentlemen this is anthony of hey bartender podcast and wishing you all lots of love lots of sex lots of happiness and don't take any shit from anyone Good night. What do you mean it's last call? I just got
1: hit!